Bibles, if you would. We're back in our series on fruit grows where the stream flows. I've had watermelon today. I've had oranges today. I love fruit. And uh, there's nothing like good fruit, especially when it's ripe. But listen, there is something about the fruit of the Spirit. And it's something that all of us need in our lives. We've been going through this series and we're using as our text Galatians 5 verses 22 and 23. The fruit of the Spirit, and here's the list, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, and the Bible says against such there is no law. So here we are. Tonight we're studying the fruit of meekness, and we're down towards the end of this list, and I'll tell you, this is a good one, meekness. Boy, you talk about a fruit that will change not only your life, but those around you and change the world that we live in. This is one that we need to get a hold of. Now, somebody said years ago that meekness is not weakness. The truth is, is that meekness requires an uncommon strength. We're going to talk about that a little bit tonight because many people really don't understand. Somebody defined meekness this way, said it is a submissive or teachable spirit toward God that reveals itself in genuine consideration to others. All right, everybody see that definition? Do you have that in your notes? All right, let's read that together, all right? Let's read, here we go. Submissive or teachable spirit toward God that reveals itself in genuine consideration to others. Now, did you catch the definition? It is first toward God and then toward others. It is a submissive spirit. Now, that goes against the grain of human nature. It's also a teachable spirit. Does anybody in, in here tonight feel like you know everything? No one brave enough to raise their hand tonight? Yeah, some people, Brother David's thinking about it, you know. But here's the thing is, look, may, listen, doesn't matter what your age is, what your background, how long you've been saved, how short you've been saved, may we always say, God, I want to keep the spirit of being teachable. Listen, there is so, I learn something every day of my life, every day, you know, and, and I've known people, brilliant people. And, you know, one of the greatest qualities is that they've remained teachable. Well, listen, who's the greatest teacher? God. God's Word. And when you think about this, every day as God teaches us from His Word, then here's what happens because of meekness, that it reveals itself in a genuine consideration toward others. See, it's first of all to God, but because of the submissiveness to God and because of the teachableness on our part, then here's what happens is we're actually considerate towards others. We have the right spirit, the right attitude towards other people. Listen, meekness is something that God desires. It's a fruit that God wants in your life and mine. We need to get a hold of this in our lives. Meekness, again, is directed first toward God and then towards our fellow man. The greatest display of meekness in the Bible is the Lord Jesus Christ. When Jesus came into this world. He was born and he lived among us. And listen, Jesus, the Bible says he never had a place to lay his head. I mean, he didn't come into this world for himself. He came for us. And you remember towards the end of his life, about where we are 
on our calendar, our Christian calendar, uh, how we're getting closer to the cross. But the Bible says in Matthew 21 and verse 5, look at this verse, talking about the Lord Jesus. Tell ye the daughter of Zion, behold, thy king cometh unto thee. What's that next word? Meek. Listen, doesn't it seem kind of almost like an oxymoron? King and meek. But see, that king is a capital K, isn't it? That's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. See, kings of the world today, boy, they're full of pride. You know, it's all about them. But the Bible said about Jesus that thy king cometh unto thee meek and sitting upon an ass and the colt, the foal of an ass. I mean, Jesus presented himself in the spirit of meekness, riding on a donkey, the powerful Almighty creator of this world is the same one that was born in a manger and died on an old rugged cross. There's not a greater illustration of meekness than Jesus. And the question tonight is, for your life and mine, are we following his example? Are we living a life that meekness is exhibited in and through our lives? I think it's a fair thing to ask tonight from the scriptures. In other words, let me ask it this way, and this might help you. How are you treating people around you? When you go to the restaurant, how do you treat the waitress? How do you treat your neighbors? How do you treat your co-workers? How do you treat your spouse? You see, that's what meekness, that's where meekness will help in all these situations. And if we're going to understand what the Bible means by meekness, the fruit of meekness, it all begins with the source of meekness. Notice meekness is produced by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God. These are the fruits of the Spirit. It's produced by the Spirit of God. Psalm 25, 9, the meek will guide in, will he guide in judgment and the meek will he teach his way. Some things, and we tell college students this all the time, some things you can't learn in the classroom or from a book. You know, the Holy Spirit is the one that can teach us to have this matter of meekness. A wise Christian will humbly learn from God and seek God. Psalm twenty-two, twenty-six: the meek shall eat and be satisfied, they shall praise the Lord that seek him. Your heart shall live forever. Did you hear what the Bible says? The meek shall eat and be satisfied because meekness is produced by the Holy Spirit. But notice the Bible also helps us understand that meekness is praised by Jesus. The Lord Jesus, the famous Sermon on the Mount. I, I had the privilege, some of you were there. Remember the day we were where the Beatitudes were on the Sermon on the Mount? And the, and the preacher that was guiding our tour, he says, Hey, Brother Keeley, take, take my New Testament. Go down that hill right there. He says, he says, I'll tell you where to stop. I went down this hill and he says, Okay, stop right there. All the people that were in our group were still up on the hill. Brother, right about where Jesus preached that famous Sermon on the Mount. And he says, he says, now, Brother Keely, just read those verses. I started reading right here in Matthew 5. I read about 11 verses when I got up there because he told me, he says, don't shout, just read it. And I read those verses 
And, and all the people, when I got there, they said, man, I could hear you loud and clear. You know, it, it, was, it was something else being able to do that. And one of those verses, one of those Beatitudes is this one here in verse 5. Listen to what Jesus said, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Now, when it says that, when it says inherit the earth, the reality is, is what it's talking about is they're going to be blessed. A meek person. It's not about land, all right? We all understand that land comes and goes, it changes hands. It's not necessarily about the earth. It's about being blessed of God. See, those that are patient when they're mistreated, God says, look, if you're patient when you're being injured, when people are mistreating you, he says, you will be blessed. Jesus said, blessed or happy are the meek. Isaiah said, the meek also shall increase their joy in the Lord. Isn't that a wonderful thing to know that if we have the right spirit, the right attitude towards others, when, listen, maybe they're not treating us the way that they should, that God will bless our lives. See, we've got to understand the source of meekness because, listen, if we want to have the fruit of the Spirit, where does the fruit of the Spirit of meekness come from? God's Holy Spirit, and it was praised by Jesus. But notice not only the source, but God wants us not only to have the understanding of where meekness comes from, but secondly, the service of meekness. When you look in the Bible, here's what it says in Ephesians 4, 2. With all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. Now notice the order there, with all lowliness and meekness. I mean, there's an attitude there, there's a spirit there that the Bible's describing in this matter of serving uh, the Lord, the service of a Christian. Listen, it ought to manifest itself in a gentle spirit. We ought to be gentle towards one another. That's the way the Lord Jesus was. I mean, listen, there were times where Jesus stood up against the Pharisees, where Jesus had to take a strong stand. But most of the time, when you study the life of Christ, you find a, an individual that had a gentle spirit towards many. Every time I see it, I see how Jesus dealt so gently with people, so tenderly, full of compassion. And I want you to see three ways that this service of meekness is manifested in our lives or should be. Notice, first of all, meekness properly responds in difficulties. And difficulty. All of us know what it means to have difficulties in our lives. And as somebody said, and it is true, you cannot control the actions of others, but you can control your response to those actions. Did you hear that tonight? See, we get frustrated because we try to, con listen, it, 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 you know, so many times I, I, I have maybe a wife that'll say something to me about her husband. Listen, all husbands are rascals, you know? And, and, and a lot of times they'll come to me and, and, and as much as she wants to change him, she can't. Because the only way that a person can change is the Lord can change a person and that person has the will to change. And that's what we need to understand tonight is, is I have no control over others, but I can control how I respond to those actions. And what is the best response? The best response is this to allow the Holy Spirit to respond through me. Let me say that again. To allow the Holy Spirit 
to respond through me. You know what I want to be? I want to be a conduit. I want to be something that God's Holy Spirit can work through. And this is, this is the best way to respond. Look what it says in Titus 3.2. To speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto who? All men. Every person you come into contact with. See, difficulties are going to come. We're all going to experience difficulties in our lives. But as Paul was writing here, notice again, showing all meekness to all men. 1 Timothy 6, 11, But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after what? Righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience. And there it is right there in the list, meekness. Notice what he says again. There are some things that you've got to get away from, flee from. They don't belong in the life of a Christian. He says, get away from those things, but he says, while you're fleeing those things, follow after these. You know, remember what Paul said? He, he says, look, it's not me that you should follow. He says, follow me as I follow after Christ. You know, if you study out historically, here's what you'll find is there, haven't, there hasn't always been a group of people named Baptist. See, prior to, we, we, nowadays we call ourselves Baptist. But see, there was a time where people just like us that believe what we believe, they weren't called Baptists. They were actually called, there was a group of people called the Waldenses. There was a group of people called the Paulicians. There was a group of people that what they were doing was they were following someone as that person followed after Christ. Anybody ever heard the name Anabaptist? Yeah, Anabaptist. Anna means re, a rebaptizer. These were folks who were baptistic, who, who understood the scriptures that, listen, you don't baptize an infant and believe that that's salvation. But see, their babies were being baptized by the church in that day, and when the, their children got older and their children realized that they were sinners and they needed to be saved, after their child got saved, guess what happens then? You follow the Lord and believers' baptism because salvation always comes before baptism. So they tagged a name on them because they were baptizing their children, or in the eyes of the church of that day, they were rebaptizing. Can I tell you tonight, I'm an Anabaptist? Brother Flynn, are you an Anabaptist? I'm an Anabaptist. I was baptized as a child, as a baby, and when I got saved, I got baptized again. But see, what happened eventually was the Anna got just dropped off, and the, the term Baptist actually is a term of derogatory, it's a derogatory term. Uh, we didn't name ourselves Baptist, that's what they just started calling us was Baptist. Well, the reason is because we believe in the scriptures. And so when you think about this, look, God says there are things in our lives that now that we know Christ, we need to flee those things because they're not good things, they're not healthy things, they're not things for a spiritual Christian. And while you're fleeing those things, you need to follow after these. And in that list of things to follow is meekness. He says, I want you to understand that there are going to be difficulties in your life. And our flesh, if you're like me, do you ever fly off the handle in your flesh? 
Uh, good. I, I was starting to think I was all alone tonight, you know? I mean, you know, sometimes, I, how about this one? Do you ever speak your mind? How about some of you maybe speak all of your mind? <laughs> sometimes, sometimes when we're, when we're wronged by somebody, we want to call an attorney, don't we? You know, you think about how the flesh is, but you know what God says? He says, look, don't fly off the handle. Don't call an attorney. Don't speak your mind. He says, what you need to do is follow after meekness. That's what we need to do. See, it's the strength of, listen to this, the strength of backing off of a fight that you could win. I mean, you know, and I know how I am as a man. Hey, I can win this thing. I can just stay in here. I remember whenever my first church that I pastored, a lot of things happened in the church. Long story short, uh, they, they forced a vote. They, they actually tried to vote, us, vote me out of the church as the pastor of the church. And uh, the, the vote went, and they counted the vote, and the vote went in favor of me staying. And, and I had every right because I believe I was called of God to be the pastor of that church. And I could have I just hunkered down. I could have dug in. It, it, I could have made the principle. I could have said it's, it was, it's God's will that I'm here. I mean, there's so many things I could have done, but you know what I decided was my family's more important than this church. Family comes before ministry. So in meekness. Now, if you'd asked me back then, is that, is that Brother Keeler, are you, are you exhibiting meekness? I would have probably said, no way. But that's, that's really what happened is I backed off from a fight that I could have won. Meekness is the ability to handle hurt, listen to this, without reacting. Because listen, just about every day we get hurt by someone or something. Sounds like I struck a nerve there. <laughs> handle hurt without, without reacting. Meekness speaks softly and persuasively instead of forcefully. What does the Bible say? A soft answer turns away wrath. Meekness answers, listen to this, it answers provoking questions with kindness and grace. See, I told you meekness is a good one. This is an unbelievable fruit of the Spirit. And so one of the ways that it responds is it responds properly in difficulty. We all have difficulties. Okay, notice another way that it responds properly is in marriage. Look at what Peter writes here in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 1. Likewise, ye, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any, uh, if any obey not the word, now follow this, they also may without the word, talking about the husband, be won by the conversation of the wives while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, whose adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of plating the hair and of the wearing of gold or putting on of apparel, but let it be, watch this, the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek, and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God, 
Look at these words of what? Great price. You know, there's been, a lot, there's been a lot of testimonies over the years of a husband that gets away from God or maybe really wasn't ever saved. And because the wife was a believer, she knew Christ as her Savior, that she in her meekness, having the right spirit, the right attitude, that she followed this admonition here, and the hidden man of the heart the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit. Here's what happened. Because of her conversation, her lifestyle, that man finally got his life and his heart turned around because of her meekness through that difficult time. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. God can work in those situations. Many a wife has prayed for a, a, a wayward husband for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. To see that husband finally be won by her conversation. You know, a lot of times when you see in marriages, here's what you find is, and it's true in many other relationships too, is people tend to just fight over the most petty things, do they not? I mean, things that really don't matter, trivial things. And so many things in life can be overcome by a meek spirit. And we need to have a meek spirit when it comes to our, the difficulties in life. And we need to respond with meekness when we're having uh, prob problems with a marriage. Notice thirdly, that meekness properly responds in this matter of witnessing. When we witness to people, hey, listen, we've got to have a spirit of compassion in our hearts, a tenderness towards them. Again, look what Peter says in 1 Peter 3 in verse 15, sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a, a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Now notice, again, how, how are we supposed, you know, sometimes you get around people and, and praise the Lord, they want to go out, they want to witness for the Lord, but it's almost as if they want to attack hell with a squirt gun. I mean, they want to go to somebody's door and they want to argue with them. I mean, they've got their gospel gun loaded. Sometimes as a Christian, we get to the place where we're like, look, I, I know I have the truth. Jesus said that, that I have the truth and it's the truth that make people free. And so I'm right and everybody else is wrong. So here's what we do is we go out witnessing and we go out to try in everything. Now, you're not going to win anybody. Because we can't save people. But if you take that kind of attitude when you go out and start witnessing to people, guess what? You not only, you might win the argument, but you're never going to win the soul. See, a lot of times people think, if I, if I have this kind of an argumentativeness about me, if I'm bold, listen, witnessing is not about arguing, it's about being bold in your witness, but having a compassion toward the lost. A meek spirit should be evident even towards the unsaved. You know, I'm, I, listen, I'm, I'm constantly thinking to myself when I'm standing there talking to somebody, I'm thinking about that was me 35 years ago. That's a lot of times that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking about how little I knew and how people were patient with me and how they took the time to help me understand. See, meekness, the source of meekness 
is, is from the Holy Spirit of God. The service of meekness, it, it helps us because when we have meekness in our lives, we respond properly to difficulties. We respond properly in marriage. We respond properly in witnessing. But then notice, what is the significance of meekness? Well, notice, first of all, that meekness reveals Christ in you. When Jesus gave, of course, he gave so many instructions when he was on this earth. But one of the ones I love that he gave in Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29, look at these, these words. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And when Jesus said those words, I got to thinking, and I thought to myself, really what Jesus is saying here is, hey, listen, I just want you to, I want you to walk with me. I want you to work with me. And if you would just do that, I'll give you the strength to face life's difficulties. See, first time I, any of you here know what an actual yoke is? About, about six of you. Seven, eight, nine of you. Now hands are going up. You were, you were trying to stay wrapped up because you're cold. You didn't. <laughs> See, I, you know, I didn't grow up on a farm, but the first time I read that, I started digging in. I was like, what is the Lord talking about here? And I, I saw pictures of what these yokes were. The original ones were these big, huge wooden things that they used to put on these animals. They were heavy. They, they were they, they were cumbersome, they, they, they weighed them down, and I thought, that's what the Lord wants. But it's interesting, it's His yoke, we come under that yoke with Him. And what we need to see about this matter of meekness, the whole significance is, is that when we do that, meekness actually reveals Christ in us. That's what, the world doesn't need to see Dane Keeley. It needs to see Jesus. And when I have the fruit of meekness in my life, then guess who they're seeing? They're not seeing me. They're seeing him through me is what they're seeing. And this is what we, we need to exhibit in our lives. Meekness reveals Christ in you. And then notice meekness reflects the word in you. I'm so glad for the word of God. When I was talking to one of our men tonight before the service, I love the word of God. I love to study it. I love every last bit of it. But when I think about this matter of meekness, and the word of God, meekness reflects the word in you. Notice what James writes here in James 1. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. He says, lay it apart, watch this, and receive. This is the second time just tonight that God's telling us to put some things away, flee from, but follow after. And here he's saying, he says, look, lay apart these things and receive with meekness. Well, what does he want us to receive? The engrafted word. And the engrafted word is able to save your souls. But he says, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Meekness will cause us to receive the word of God. Listen, you come to church. I hope you come to church to get something out of it. I hope you leave different than you came. And when you think about this matter of meekness, it, it, look, meekness keeps our spirit, again, teachable. We, we're sensitive towards God's leading in our lives. That's what the Word of God does. The Bible is 
our instruction manual. It helps us. Meekness helps us to live out the Word of God. It helps us to take the Bible. Look, you can take the Word of God and you can put it into practice in your daily life. That's a wonderful thing about the Word of God is I can see something in the Word of God, and I can say, you know what, I need that in my life. I hope after tonight, you're, you're sitting here in your mind and in your heart thinking to yourself, I need this spirit of meekness in my life. How am I going to put that in my life? How am I going to live a life where the spirit of meekness is being exhibited? Well, the Bible says, don't just be a hearer, but be a doer of the Word of God. Psalm 147, look at verse 6. The Lord lifteth up the meek. He casteth the wicked down to the earth. See, God God esteems the meek. He honors the meek. And to develop the fruit of meekness, we have to learn the source, and that's the Holy Spirit of God. And then we have to see the significance. We need to understand that as we have meekness in our lives, what are we doing? We're revealing Christ to this world that we live in. I hope meekness is something that you want for your life. Look at Colossians 3. And again, here we go again. Look at this. Put on. See, there's this put off, put on principle. And in these verses, he says, put on as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. In other words, Jesus, the Son of God, he became meek. He put all his power aside. See, he became a man without ceasing to be God. Jesus laid all of that aside. Why? For us. The greatest example of meekness, when you look at the cross, and this is the time of year that we focus on that. Jesus went to Calvary. The cross is a picture of what ultimate power under control looks like. You know what that is? Meekness. See, Jesus could have called 10,000 angels, but he didn't. See, we need to be God's people that have the fruit of meekness. Let's pray tonight. Lord, thank you again for the wonderful teaching from the Word of God. Lord, I thank you for the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Lord, the source where it comes from, we know that all good things come down from above. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to understand that as we exhibit this matter of meekness in our lives, even when difficulties come, when we're struggling in our relationships, maybe when we're not witnessing the way we ought to, but when we allow ourselves, we submit ourselves, we allow you to teach us that this world will see you instead of seeing us. The Bible says, blessed are the meek. Lord, help us to be meek. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.